Peter says this way, and this shows the progression of salvation. Peter said to them in Acts 2, 38 and 39, Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and your children, to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. So, so, so look at this. Repent and let every one of you be baptized. Repent means turn to Jesus. So number one, he says repent. What does repent mean? It's more than just, oh, I'm going to stop doing the bad things. No, repent is turning to God. It's saying, I'm, uh, yes, it's letting go of the bad things. It's letting go of the world, but it's embracing something better, God. So repenting is turning to God. Turning to God. So when he says repent, that's receiving Christ. Amen. Then he said, be baptized. Amen. That's being water baptized. And then he says here, then, then you will see the promise. And that's being filled with the whole, or being uh, not filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in that unknown language. Amen. So we see this and we see that Christ was preached in Samaria. So, so let's look at this because listen, again, uh, I, I'm trying to talk to you this morning about that, that God wants us walking in his power today. He wants that power to break off anything that's on your life. And he wants that power to break off things that are in other people's lives. And I think sometimes the church has dumbed down the power of God. And I'm not going to dumb it down this morning. I'm going to ramp it up. Is that all right? Can, can I ramp it up a little bit? I'm just going to ramp it up just a little bit. And I love this because it says in Acts 8, 4 and 8, Therefore those who were scattered, you see what happened was there was persecution in the church. Um, uh, and, and so they started leaving where they were at. So persecution came and they, because they were all gathered in one spot. It was good. But they started leaving. And believers started scattering out. It says, therefore, uh, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ. Now, Philip was a believer, a spirit-filled believer. And, and he, the Philip went down to the city of Samaria, preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip. Hearing and seeing the miracles which he did for unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed and there was great joy in the city. So we see this that that he wasn't just preaching. Uh, uh, yes, he was preaching the gospel. The gospel is power. And when he was preaching the gospel, God was confirming his word with signs following. And people were getting healed, delivered. They were getting delivered from demons. Do people have demons today, Pastor? That's Old Testament stuff. Sometimes I think we read the Bible and we think, well, that's back then. That's for them back then. That stuff doesn't happen here today. You ever read the Bible and, you, and, you, and we, what we do is we disconnect from the reality of the Bible. And we, and we don't see it as being real. We just see it as a story. Are you listening to what I'm saying? But it's real. Amen. And there's people that are, are, are bound up by demonic spirits that need to be set free. Amen. And you're the, you're the people that God's anointing to set some people free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Probably the first person you need to get set free is yourself. Okay, we'll continue. The worst man, you know, the worst person probably that you're dealing with right now is the man in the mirror. You know? 
<laughs> In other words, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. And he has to flee. Amen? Man, uh, man okay. All right. Look at this. Apostles, uh, look at this. This is, this is powerful. This is powerful. In Acts 8, 14 through 17, this is powerful. We see that... Um, Philip went down to Samaria, but the apostles heard about it in Jerusalem. And it says, when the apostles, in, in Acts 8, 14 through 17, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had, for he had yet, he had not fallen on none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Notice that. Listen to what I'm saying here. Listen to what I'm reading here. It says, when the apostles that were at Jerusalem heard about Samaria. So apparently, uh, Philip got them saved and water baptized. But apparently, they, they did not have the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they sent the apostles. They must have thought that was so important for these believers to be baptized. They had to, they had to send out two of the mightiest apostles to go pray for them to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit the, the, with, that, with, with speaking in other tongues. Amen. And so we see this, and so they sent them out, and it said they only been baptized. It, it sounds like they've only been baptized in, in the name of Jesus. Like they've only been saved. In, in other words, somebody say there's more. There is more, and, and we need that more. So some might debate, it says, and they, they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And, and some may debate, well, pastor, it just says they received the Holy Spirit, but it doesn't say they spoke in tongues. See, it doesn't actually say that. So, 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 so I'm surmising here that maybe they still got filled, but didn't speak in other tongues. That, that sounds good, right? But, but if you look in the next verse, you see this man named Simon who was converted to be a Christian. He was a sorcerer, but he was converted to be a Christian. And when Simon saw that through the laying of, of the apostles' hands that the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, give me this power also that anyone whom I lay hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. So listen, you don't, don't want to buy something that nothing really happens. In other words, somebody may receive Christ and say, praise the Lord. Well, that's not supernatural. They may say, glory to God. Well, we can do that in the natural. But if they start, you know, he was actually trying to buy a gift. Why? Because they were doing something supernatural. They had to be praying in the Holy Spirit. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so it says here, and uh, uh, so it says here in Mark 16, 15, listen to this. It says in Mark 16, 15 through 18, this is Jesus speaking. And he said, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons and they will speak with new tongues. Notice this that says, in my name, they will cast out demons. That's something supernatural. Some will say, well, you speak in new tongues, that means you, you get a new vocabulary. I, I, let's say this, you can get saved and you still can cuss. You don't start talking automatically nice when you get, are you listening to what I'm saying to you? In other words, you, your spirit gets saved, but you got to do something with this gray matter up here. Or it won't matter. 
You got to get this thing renewed, man, or you're still going to be cursing up a storm. Are you hearing us? You got to get this thing renewed because your mind is not saved. Have you figured it out yet? <laughs> Have you figured it out? Your mind's not saved. It wants to go a whole different way. It probably told you 10, five times, don't go to church today. You don't need to go to church today. Are you here? Your mind, your body's not saved. You got to do something with your mind and with your body. And so when we renew it, we renew it to the word of God. We make it new again. Glory to God. Amen. And so, so when we renew our mind, then we start. But it says here, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. Somebody said, you, you can be handling snakes pretty soon. I just might. No, I'm handling you guys. No, I'm kidding. But uh, <laughs> that was a joke. But are you going to have, listen, I believe that was put in there just for the Apostle Paul. What are you talking about, Pastor? The Apostle Paul was on an island and a snake came up and bit his arm and he shook it off. Are, are you listening? And in other words, listen, if you're in the wilderness and a snake bites you and you can't get to the doctor, just shake it off. Plead the blood. Speak the word. He just shook it off. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? It's not about us seeing, it's not about me trying to see if I can handle a cobra or not. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Some people believe that. <laughs> and they die in doubt and unbelief. Amen? And so, so let's look at this. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit on non-Jewish believers. And it says here in Acts 10, 44 through 48, it says, when Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit, now see, Peter was sent to a house uh, Cornelius was a, was a Gentile believer. Some say he was a proselyte, which means he, he believed in the God of Israel and he, 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 he did the customs of the Jewish uh, people. He was, uh, you know, he was into Judaism. And so he worshiped the one God. He worshiped God and, God and God dispatched an angel and had Peter, you know, he had to dispatch an angel and told uh, Cornelius what to do. Cornelius had to get somebody to preach the truth to him. Angels can't, they're not allowed to preach the gospel. Only we can. We, we're, we're commissioned to do it. Angels aren't commissioned to do it. So Peter had to come. Go through all that trouble to get Peter into his house. And Peter was speaking these words. It says, and he was, he, he was talking about Acts 10, 38. And then and he, how, how Jesus Nazareth was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. And went about doing the good and healing all that were present. And then in, in Acts 10, 44, when Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out on Gentiles for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Amen. So we see this, that they got the baptism of the Holy They were speaking in tongues. Wow. And this, and this is so amazing that, that, they, that, that the Holy Spirit fell upon them and gave them the gift too. And then Peter was like, wow, they're actually saved. Let's get them water baptized now. <laughs> Are you listening to what I'm saying? So they were back. See, listen, you can receive Jesus. You can get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Then you get water baptized. Amen. Or you can receive Jesus. You have to receive Jesus first. <laughs> you receive Jesus. You can get water baptized. And then you can get baptized in the Holy Spirit. 
Are you here what I'm saying today? God can work it any way he wants to. Amen. So let me give you some, uh, some well, let me just say this. In Acts 19, uh, Paul, this was about 20 years after the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And Paul came up with some people that, that were water baptized by John. And the first thing Paul asked them was, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? That would, that's interesting because, he's, because that, you know, he must, you know, Paul knows that once you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit. But he's talking about something different. And then, then it says here in Acts 19, 1-6, it says that, 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 John, that, that Paul laid hands on them and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit and they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. Wow, that's powerful. When was the last time you spoke in tongues and prophesied? Well, I will keep going. But anyway, listen, God wants us speaking in an unknown language. He wants us walking in the power of God. Let me give you some benefits of this real quick, quickly, so I can at least get you excited about it. Uh, uh, there's some reasons why believers should desire the gift of the Holy Spirit, speaking in other tongues. It, number one, it's a supernatural sign to us and others that God's word is true. It's a supernatural sign. In Acts 2, 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. In other words, it validates the truth of the Bible. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? It validates that. Uh, in Acts 10, 45 and 46, and those of the circumcision who believe were astonished, and, uh, going back to uh, Cornelius' house, for they... Uh, for Peter, because of the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And uh, number two, so number one, it's a supernatural sign to us and others that God's word is true. Number two, uh, reason, the blessing of the Holy Spirit upon us is the gift of tongues is for spiritual edification. I don't know about you, but I need to, you know, edification means being built up. I don't know about you, I get beat down a lot. I, sometimes the enemy will try to, does the, does the devil ever try to beat you down? You ever try to, the enemy will always, the other people try to beat you down? Are you hearing? I, I need to be built up. I need something to help me be built up. I, I, I just don't, yes, I'm a coffee man. I like coffee and it gets me going a little bit. But nothing like the Holy Spirit. Somebody say, I need an energy drink. No, I need the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And so, and so the, 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 the gift of tongues is for spiritual edification. In 1 Corinthians 14, 4, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Number three, the gift of tongues is a supernatural way of praying to God. 1 Corinthians 14, 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak it to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. So we see here that speaking in, in this unknown language is a supernatural way of speaking to God. Think about that. That's powerful. That's a supernatural way of, and, I, and it's, a myst, it's mysterious because we don't know what we're saying, but God knows what we're saying. And, and sometimes we're praying out things. I believe we could be praying out our future. We could be praying out these mysteries to help us move forward in God. Somebody said, 
you know, you've heard the saying, pay the price. But some of us need to pray the price. Somebody need to tweet that one. But are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Man, gosh, God is so good. So, so we see this, that the gift of tongues is a supernatural way of praying to God. Number four, the gift of tongues reminds us of the spirit uh, ever dwelling presence. Sometimes we just need to remind it that we're spiritual beings. Sometimes you need to be reminded that you're just not a natural person. Sometimes you just need to, you need to just remind yourself that you're saved. I need a reminder every once in a while. Why? Because I live in a corrupt world system that will try to, and I, and I, I, I encounter issues and problems like the regular world, but thank God I got the Holy Spirit with me that will help me encounter those issues and problems. See, Christians aren't exempt from problems. Christians aren't exempt from, from struggles, but we have the power of God to get us through those problems. Number five, the gift of tongues when utilized is, is in praying in line with God's perfect will. In other words, when you're praying out in the spirit, you're praying out perfect prayers. Sometimes your prayers aren't too perfect and you're out of your mind. Amen. Sometimes you are out of your mind. <laughs> have, you, have you prayed anything and then glad that it didn't come to pass? Has anybody been there? Have you ever prayed, oh, Lord, get me hooked up with this one person. Get me hooked up. And you find out that person is not the one you want to be hooked up with. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So, uh, some prayers, you better be glad that God did not answer. And sometimes we just don't know how to pray. Sometimes there's things coming against us. And we don't have any idea. Lord, I have no idea how to pray about this. But something you got this. Well, I, I do have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Maybe I should try praying in the Holy Ghost about it. Maybe God can help me pray. And I, I would do that. I'd say, Heavenly Father, help me to pray out what needs to be prayed out about this situation. I don't know how to pray as I ought. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? And the Bible says this in, eight, in Romans 8, 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So, so, so it's a way of praying God's perfect will. It's a way of praying in tongues stimulates your faith. How many people need their faith stimulated? It says here, but in Jude, 1, Jude 20 and 21, but you, beloved, building yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourself in the love of God. I love that part of it. The Lord revealed that when you pray in the Holy Spirit, you know, and I'm going to talk about how it can give you rest. If you're walking in rest, you're not going to be irritated and you probably won't be sinning as much. See, when you're irritated and you're frustrated and you have pressure on you, it's easy to sin. But when you're walking in the peace of God, it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. It, oh man, everything's fine. Everything can be falling apart around you. You know, everything can be, everything can seem to be, but you can walk in the peace of the storm. You believe that today? And that's what, see, the devil wants you all frantic and frustrated and stressed out. I don't want that in my life. So, so praying in tongues will, will, will help you walk in the rest of the Lord. It's a spiritual refreshing. Isaiah 28, 11 through 12. 
Isaiah 28, 11 through 12, for with a stammering lip and another tongue, he will speak to this people whom he said, this is the rest which you may cause, which you may cause the weary to rest. This is the refreshing. Amen. What am I trying to do this morning? I'm trying to get you stirred up. I'm trying to get you to a place where you want to be, have this gift of the Holy Spirit operating in your life. You know, it aids us in worship. Sometimes, you know, uh, uh, we'll be worshiping and sometimes you may hear somebody speaking in an unknown language. And, and, and it, it, it helps you to, to give uh, thanks to God. I, I believe that. And the Bible talks about that in 1 Corinthians 14, 14 uh, through 15. It says, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit. I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with the spirit. And I will sing with the understanding. What he's talking about? He's talking about worship here. Singing to the Lord. Amen. Uh, praying in, in tongues brings, brings, us, brings the tongue under subjection. How many people need to control this thing? James says it's an unruly evil, the tongue. And, and, it, and it, it wants to boast and speak wrong things. But you need, we need our tongues, amen, uh, controlled by the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so, and so some people believe, well, you know, pastor, you know, I, 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 I got it. I, I hear what you're saying. I believe that gift is, is relevant and, and it's important for the body, but it's just for special people. <laughs> it's just for you up there because you got to have it. You got, you're dealing with those devils all week. Amen. No, it's not just for me. It's not just for the fivefold ministry. We already read it was for the 120. In the upper room, we already read that, 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 that it was for, uh, you know, Cornelius and his family. We already read it was for those, those Jewish believers that got water baptized. So it's not just for a special group of people. Uh, Peter said this uh, in Acts 10, 34. In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. In other words, God's not picking and choosing who he's going to give the gift to. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? I love it in Acts 2.39. For this promise is to you and your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Amen. So, so, so he's saying the promise of what? The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, uh, I, I think sometimes, let me just say it this way. I think sometimes we think that if God, you know, if you are not baptized, if you don't speak in tongues, sometimes we, th we sit back and think, well, if God wants me to have it, he'll just give it to me. Have you ever think that way? Some, some of us are kind of like, we're kind of on the edge on it. If God really wants to have it, he'll drop the gift on me. Well, you know, that's good. But if God wants you to have salvation, will he just save you without you doing something? No, you know, if God wants you saved, there's a man part and a God part. You're going to have to call upon the name of the Lord. You're going to have to confess Jesus as your Lord. You're going to, you know, don't, don't say, some, some will say, well, I'm waiting on God to save me. <laughs> well, you're going to wait a long time because the promise is already there. It's like a steak dinner that I serve you and I'm just waiting to eat it. Well, it's sitting right there. I'm not going to chew it up for you. No, you're going to have to receive. And same thing with the back of the Holy Spirit. Yes, God will sovereignly move. Yes, God can drop the Holy Spirit and you can speak in tongues like that. Yes, he can do that. That's God. Amen. But if you've been a, a believer for a long time, 
And let me just say this way. There's three reasons why believers don't receive this, the tongues. Number one is ignorance. They just don't know about it. Number two is fear. They're, they're, they don't want God to have too much control of them. They're afraid that they might get out of control. Now, the Bible says that, 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 that you, listen, God can't make you do anything. Even being baptized in the Holy Ghost. He, can't, he won't even make you pray in the Spirit. you got to do that voluntarily. Somebody, I don't want to be out of control. You won't be. Sometimes some of us might need to just let go and let God. And, and, and the third reason why people don't receive, pride. I don't need it. I've been doing this walk. I know how to handle my issues. I know how to deal with it. I just don't need it. I, I'm fine. Pride. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? That's what, and, and we, listen, we, pride will keep us from really walking in the fullness of the blessings that God has for us. And you know, listen, I want everything that God has for me. See, see, it didn't come easy. You know, receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit did not come easy for Pastor David. You know, I, I, I received Jesus. I got water baptized. People were coming out of that water speaking in a different language. I was in a line of people and they were coming out. I didn't think anything of it. I was just thinking about myself <laughs> when I was going into that water and I was nervous and I went in, I came out and I felt the presence of God and the love of God and the peace of God and the joy of God, but I ain't speaking any language. Then I found out my brother, George, uh, that received salvation, he, he had this gift. And I'm thinking, if my brother had it, I better have it. And then I found out my other brother had it. I said, he has it too. What makes them better than me? And I said, I gotta have this gift. I can't, I can't do it. They got it. And these other people got it. What makes them better than me? Do, does God love them more than me? No. God loves everybody equally. He, and I said, I gotta have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I, I gotta have it. So he said, listen, let me give you a couple keys. If you, if you never received it, a couple keys on how to receive it. And I'm, I'm closing down. You must be open to believe that God wants you to have the gift. You can't, if you're close to it, I don't need it, I don't want it, then forget about it. As they say in New York, forget about it. You don't have to have it. Number two, we must have a desire for the gift. The Bible says desire, spiritual, you must have a desire. You must have a long, God, I want this. You've got to have a desire. Yeah, and number three, you must, you, you, you must have, you know, number three, to, to get it, you must ask God. You must ask God for it. If you, you ask him, the Bible says, ask and you shall receive. It says in Luke, it says, so I say to you, ask, Luke 11, 9 through 13. I say to you, ask and you will be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. To him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from his father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? See, what he's saying is, if you ask God for a spiritual gift, God's not going to give you a devilish gift. Amen. In other words, you're not going to be possessed by a devil. Praise the Lord. And so he says, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts, how much more your heavenly Father will give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? 
So, and, and number four, you must ask God for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Number four, you must receive it. I'm going to say this. There's some of us in here that are baptized in the Holy Spirit, but we just don't exercise it that much. We just don't pray in the Holy Ghost. And I want to encourage you to start doing that. And there's some of you that, 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 that just learned something today or understand. And, 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 and now you have a decision. Are you, are you going to desire this gift? And I guarantee you this gift will revolutionize your life. We would like to invite you to join us Sunday morning at 4136 Holland Road, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Service starts at 1030 a.m. Nurseries and Children's Church provided. This broadcast is made possible by the Congregation of Exceed Life Church. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.